welcome to Fandom Fems. We are two queer fem nerds of color who use humor and fun to turn your favorite conventions diversity panel into a year-round conversation. I'm Noelle. <laughs> and I'm Justine. And welcome! Yay! Welcome Yay. to episode uno, one, Ichi. Official. Uh, Isa. Isa! Delicate. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway. <laughs> so how are you feeling, Stepsis? How's it going? I'm feeling great. I am really grateful and really thankful for all the love that we've been getting from our friends and like also new listeners. So yeah, super excited. How are you feeling? I'm feeling hot because oh yeah, <laughs> it is a heat wave in LA right now. Um, but mm. other than that, I think especially this past week was like, wow, my voice, our voices are on Spotify. Like, right? isn't it so surreal? Like, I'm just like, that's wild. Whoa, I'm listening to my own voice in the car, like off of Spotify. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's so crazy. And, you know, like, even if it's just for us, like, I don't know. I'm just really proud of us. You know, I'm really proud of us, too. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. It's super wild, too, to kind of. Oh, it, I was just going to say, like, it's super wild because our friends have been showing us a lot of love, too. Yes. And they've been posting about us. I'm like, wow, that's our icon on my friend's story. Like, that's those are our voices yeah. on their stories as well. You know, people are sharing and, like, talking about us. It's so cool. I know. And I love when people have been messaging me and telling me when they finish the podcast. And they're like, oh, I just listened to the whole thing. I'm so excited for you guys. You're so entertaining. I'm like, oh, you liked it? <laughs> yes! Yay! Yes. So excited. And, and Noelle knows this about me, but like quality time is definitely my number one love language. So the fact that our first episode kind of rounded out to be like a little over an hour and the fact that our friends and loved ones and our new listeners who are joining us literally took an hour and nine minutes out of their day to listen to our voices and to support us. That's something that's so special to me. Right. And, oh, oh my God, I'm so emo now. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's something I'm super, super grateful for. So yes, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you, everybody. Thank you, everyone, for listening to us for 69 minutes. The best amount of minutes. <laughs> I literally messaged Noelle after that and I was like, Steph says, we're exactly 69 minutes for our first episode. And then it, she was just like, ha, perfect. It's literally perfect. It's <laughs> Everything so has come into place. <laughs> but like precisely. Yes. So I want to celebrate because we hit 100 followers, over 100 followers on our Instagram already for Ooh. at Fandom Femmes on Instagram. Super happy. I haven't even seen the stats for like how many plays we've gotten yet, but so excited that people are willing to believe in us and they want to see our journey on social media so just plugging it in there we're pretty much on every platform at fandom fems twitter tiktok uh, youtube blah, 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 facebook you know <laughs> all the buy finger guns <laughs> that are going on that you can't see <laughs> and the see. peace signs and the peace signs uh so yeah, super excited, super thankful. Um, also, we just got a notification that we're not only on Spotify, um, but obviously also Anchor FM, but we're also on Breaker now. We're on Google Podcasts. And Whoa. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's super cool. It's in that screenshot I sent you, but 
That's amazing. Yes, because as as our podcast gets approved, it'll be distributed on more platforms without us really Ooh. having to do anything, which is grateful. Nice. Yes. Yeah. I, I, we also wanted to shout out and thank the other artists who have helped us with our initial launch. Special shout out to Jester King, who created Ooh. our theme song, which is so us. It's so perfect. It's so cute. It's very it encapsulated us perfectly. So super um, big shout out and thank you to Jester King. Follow him at Jester King Official for some quality TikTok slash EDM content. Yes. And also thank you to Fanny who created our art for our Ugh. splash and also our branding. Uh, it also really captures us. So and well so well and it's so cute we've gotten so much great like compliments from our listeners and our friends about how cute and official it looks so Mm -hmm. shout out to uh, them as well Uh, their handle is Anuia and it's A-H-N-U-I-Y-A we're going to put it in our um, description links as well so uh, please make sure to um, follow and support them because they've supported us in our launch as well Totally. I, I believe that Fanny is also starting up her own like sticker shop like with her own Ooh. art. Yeah. So that's exciting. I'm excited to see that. Definitely promote her when she comes out with that. I think she's still working mm-hmm. on it, but I'm excited because her stuff is nice. super cute. I love it. Most definitely. Another thing that I wanted to talk about is kind of based on the reception we've received from fandom femmes we've had a lot of folks excited about it and noelle and i just kind of wanted to reiterate what this podcast means for us and what femme actually is so the miriam webster's dictionary (laughs) defines femme as anyone like or it's a word used to describe anybody who aligns with or identifies with feminine traits and uh, characteristics um, or any or anyone who identifies that way you know identifies as feminine and that definition can be malleable and people can mold it to fit themselves people can use the word femme and assign different meanings to it based on how they feel and how the word makes them feel Mm -hmm. yeah and we also want to honor those identities and the different meanings that folks can assign to it. We, in our, in our first episode, episode zero, we talked about how we wanted to create fandom femmes to create a space for people who aren't cisgender, straight, white, male nerds. Because that space hasn't existed out really outside of conventions or really outside of those diversity panels. Like that's part of our statement, you know, like we take your favorite convention's diversity panel and make it a year round conversation. Because we mentioned in our episode zero also that even though there's a lot of great POC, a lot of great um, people who identify as feminine, people who identify as queer, who are making this kind of content, they aren't getting the recognition that they deserve because the media is so saturated with white cisgender male voices. So we wanted to create that space and community for people because that community doesn't exist anywhere else or rarely exists like anywhere else. And we want to be a part of that bigger community and also make forge those connections between people of diverse identity who partake in fandom. So TLDR, no boys allowed. 
TLDR. Like a club. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, without being, ex- like, in, in a non-exclusionary type thing. When I say no boys allowed, I mean that we we want this space to use our platform to uplift identities and people who normally wouldn't get the spotlight at all because the media is so saturated with, again, why is this gender male voices? We want to hear other voices. So we want to keep that where um, it's not just me and Noelle talking. When it's not just me and Noelle talking all the time, we want to be intentional with the with the things that we promote, with the uh, people we collaborate with, with the guests that we want to have on the podcast in the future. We want to build that community because literally a space for people like us doesn't exist unless we create it. So yeah, just kind of circling back. That's what we wanted to make sure was clear moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Also, in terms of femme, Justine, do you want to really quick explain like some examples of who fits in that? And wh- what's your own personal definition of femme for yourself? Yeah, thank you. So for me, I the way that I define femme is it really aligns with like the dictionary definition where it's anyone or it's a word used to describe anyone who identifies as feminine or who identifies with femininity. And what that can look like is, you know, um, it could be cisgender women. Uh, that's that's typically what the term is like associated with or maybe like cis gay men who yeah. – embody feminine characteristics however like for me as a non-binary person i identify as femme too even though i don't align with a specific gender Mm -hmm. you know um how my identity exists outside the binary but i still embody those feminine characteristics right i still lean into my femininity i feel very comfortable with that Mm -hmm. so that's how i define it for myself so i totally fall under the fandom femmes umbrella yeah yeah for me i guess Femme-wise, I am cisgendered by woman. Yes. <laughs> and I actually grew up a lot more of like a tomboy, but I feel like a lot of me growing into my identity um, as a queer woman was embracing my womanhood. And I found a lot of power in that. And so before, I remember I actually used to be super like, ew, gross, like shaking my hips. That's so nasty. Like, <laughs> I'm all twerking now. <laughs> but like, <laughs> but, like I, I always thought it was was just super interesting. Um, I don't know. This kind of just came up in my head right now. But when I was younger, I used to think like feminine qualities were like weak mm. or um, because I was a super tomboy. And like I think and like boys respected me because I could do the same things they could, et cetera, et cetera. But maybe it's because I didn't think boys would respect me if I wasn't, you know, which is Ooh. pretty sad. Oh, here we are. That sounds like a systematic issue. Uh, yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, so mm. it wasn't until later as I got older, even like until college, that I really started embracing my own femininity. And it's really funny because when people hear that I used to be a tomboy, people are like, what? Like, you're literally known for like Vogue being a hat. Like, <laughs> like. <laughs> You know, like, and it's just so funny because people are like, are you kidding me? Like, you used to, like, be super against, like, body roles. And I was like, yeah, that shit was gross, I thought, before, you know? But um, what's, for me, like, femme is is not just, you know, oh, the way you talk or, like, the way you dress. Like, for me, it's also, like, embracing the strength um, 
in femininity and the elegance and the ahe- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I really resonated with what you said because femme, like being femme isn't assigned to a specific gender. Yeah. It's a feeling. Yeah. You know, like what you, what you were saying too, like, oh, like in, in you're sharing your experiences, like, oh, I wasn't into body roles and people were surprised because you didn't, you dance feminine now. Yes. Whatever that means. And <laughs> you didn't used to like look like that in your movement mm-hmm. before. And people were surprised, you know, but like those movements, those styles aren't inherently gendered. Right. But femininity is something that anyone can embody. Exactly. And yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot of the quote unquote femme dance styles nowadays were created by gay trans men of color. <laughs> Yeah. So it's like this is not gendered, you know, at all. Yeah. Which is crazy yeah. because people are always like, girls, peace, we're doing whacking. And I'm like. Well, so I was literally created by like gay and trans, gay men and trans women. Exactly. So. Precisely. <laughs> so that's another thing. <laughs> Correction. This I was created by gay men of color. Yes. Uh, yeah, trans women were like gay men and trans women were a huge part of like the pride movement mm-hmm. where those wa- like yeah were like the pride movement. But I just wanted to make sure like we respected and honored like the origin like the original punkers were like yeah gay exactly. Men. Did you know that yeah. one of only one of them um of the original punkers was Filipino? Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's so That's cool. Wild. It's so wild. And mm-hmm. yeah, black, Hispanic, and. And one Filipino. <laughs> yeah. Super cool. It's, it's truly a multicultural dance. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And speaking of kind of – it's, it's funny because whacking is – I'm going to force a segue, girl. Bear with me. <laughs> so whacking is a style that requires like a lot of, you know, arm movements and very explosive uh, movements inspired by cartoons. And today our topic is – Naruto. <laughs> yeah, there's literally like, isn't there like a nit? Oh, there's a there's a a a move in whacking inspired by nunchucks. There's one that is with, true. Like, throwing stars and everything. Yeah, too. It, it's also inspired by um martial arts movies. Yeah, yeah. So totally. Let's go segue. Whoa, okay, I'm digging this. Whoa. <laughs> I'm so proud. Wow, I'm. I need to clap for you because that was jazz hands for you. Yes, jazz honey. Hands. All right, cool. So today we're talking about Naruto, which is an anime. If you don't know it, uh, it's my gateway anime. Talked about it last episode. There's a disclaimer coming in from Justine right about now. <laughs> so I have not seen Naruto. And it's considered one of the when – I, when I often hear in the anime community um, – you know, talks about what everyone's gateway anime is. I always hear that Naruto is a part of the big three, which it was like Naruto, One Piece, and Bleach, right? The big three. I think yeah, so. I believe that's the big three. Yeah. So um, the big the big three, as in like very popular and pivotal anime that were watched and consumed as people's gateway anime for people who are, like, in our generation yeah. and stuff. So, yeah, I haven't seen it. So, Noelle would be, will be leading the charge in a lot of this episode. A lot of the I context. Will be facilita- yes, a lot of the context, and I will be facilitating discussion. So, yeah, Noelle, do you want to kind of give an overview of what Naruto is about for folks like me who haven't Ooh, seen it? All right. 
here we are. Naruto. Okay, so. Believe it. Tatabayo. Let's go. <laughs> okay, so basically, uh, so there's Naruto, Naruto Shippuden, which is a series that comes after that. And after that is Boruto, Burrito, basically. Um, <laughs> don't spit out your water. Okay, so. <laughs> so Naruto is basically a ninja universe. So each nation has a ninja village, and the leader of that village is normally called a Hokage, which is normally the person that is the strongest slash everyone believes in. Uh, They're actually elected by the leader of the nation that the village is guarding. So, like, say, for example, Naruto's village is a leaf village. They educate children to become ninja. And those ninjas fulfill missions um, created by citizens and uh, government officials and directly from the leader of that nation uh, for money. <laughs> and not really mercenary-like, but it's it's also very, like, patriotic, depending on the nation. For Leaf Village, they're, like, the biggest one. And so uh, they're very more, like, democratic in a way compared to other villages. But basically, Naruto is the main character. That is the name of the anime. And, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Naruto Uzumaki is, as a child, hated by everybody because, hey, it's in the first episode. I'm not going to spoil it because just watch the first episode then. (laughs) Is possessed by a nine-tailed fox spirit. There are different tailed beasts, and he has the ninth one with nine tails and it's the same spirit that like attacked the village a while ago before he was born and like killed a bunch of people and people are really mad about it still and so they just take out all their hatred on this kid who didn't do anything to them uh yeah (laughs) and so he's like orphaned he doesn't have any parents and so he built a dream to become the hokage because he wants to prove his worth to everybody and Wants to be the best of the best. Where does that sound familiar? I want to be the fan. I was about <laughs> to say that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the, the story follows Naruto and all of his classmates um, at the beginning. So he goes to Ninja Academy. And basically that that group of people are the people, the main supporting characters that we see throughout all of Naruto, all of Shippuden. Everyone else, extras. So, (laughs) but the main three in his team, they get put in teams of three once they pass graduation at Academy. Uh, His team was Team 7. His sensei, or the the leader of their team, was Kakashi. Ah, hunk of a man. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, Moving why are you on. making those noises, Noelle? I can't help it. It's literally instincts. <laughs> just look at him and you'll make the same noises. Anyway. Just Google Kakashi. Just Google Kakashi. I'll spell it for you. K-A-K-A-S-H-I. Do it. Oh, girl. Anywho, <laughs> so that's their sensei. He's super, like, super cool. Can do anything. Wears a mask all the time. You never really see his face. And he's super capable. Yeah. So that's Kakashi. Also extremely sexy. Moving on. We got Naruto. He's also pretty like a prankster at this time. And is super like 
problematic troublemaker because he wants attention. He's always like, I want to be Hokage. And that's all he ever says. And he also really likes ramen. Uh, yeah, Sakura. <laughs> this is Naruto's initial love interest. She's super into the next person. And this is all her characters based on. Sasuke, she loves Sasuke. That's literally the first thing she says. They're like, oh, let's introduce ourselves. What do you like? And she's like, mm-hmm, I like a certain someone. Giggle, giggle. Looks over at him. Not obvious. Anyway, <laughs> Sasuke is like the super, uh, literally any anime, I'm always like, there's always got to be a Sasuke. There's always a Sasuke. Like he's like a template for like this character archetype. Uh, he's super broody, very angsty, always mad, too cool for school. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also extremely talented, like for his age mm-hmm. as a ninja. And so Naruto is not as talented, but he's hardworking. You know what I mean? So that's the whole dynamic. Essentially, this is a spoiler. Hey, don't listen. Basically, Sasuke leaves. Uh, <laughs> And Naruto's like, no, baby, come back. And then that was the end of Naruto. (laughs) Basically. And then Naruto's like, oh, no. Okay, well, there was a huge chase for Sasuke. Everyone was like, we got to go get Sasuke. And Sasuke (laughs) is like, I want power so I can avenge my clan. Oh, yeah. Did I mention his entire clan was murdered? Anyway. Uh, that's a big thing. Uh, he wants to kill his brother, and then he's all based on vengeance. Vengeance. Period. And then, uh, yes. So, he's like, I need power so I can kill my brother. And Orochimaru's like, I'll give it to you, boy. Uh, and then, so he's like, I'm gonna go with Orochimaru because he's gonna give me power. And then Naruto's like, but wait friendship you're supposed to be my broski bro and then they fight and then Sasuke I mean it's kind of a draw but then like Naruto passes out and then Sasuke is like I'm dipping and then oh no we're Sasuke we failed and then at the end it was like Naruto's like I'ma be better and then end Naruto start Naruto shipping and three years later he's taller he's got a different outfit just by a different color and he's better kinda <laughs> awesome yeah, yeah thanks Noelle. that was a huge synopsis was- but essentially that's the universe yeah, thank you for that world building. It was super informative. I yeah, hope I've, you enjoyed. <laughs> honestly, like my exposure to Naruto has been strictly memes, and yeah, I've I've seen. I was a Tumblr girl at one point, and I kept seeing things like, "Oh my gosh, Naruto fan fiction." Yeah, and <laughs> like that was one of like the big ships too. I remember my male cousins and even some of my classmates doing like the little hand sign, like jutsu stuff. Ah, yes. Like, oh yeah, in class. That's another thing mm-hmm. they do. So ninjas, they're not just like, "Ooh, I'm sneaky and I throw stars." You know, they're like. <laughs> They could magical. They use like chakra or like the energy in their body and use hand signs to transform that into like supernatural jutsus, whether that's ninjutsu, so that's more like attacking jutsu that's like, like you say like, ooh, a fireball or like fireball, sorry. <laughs> or like, ooh, water, yeah, or like wind. 
You know, like it's it's not limited to the elements, but basically that's ninjutsu. You got taijutsu, and that's like the boom, 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 fight, fight with my fists and my legs and uh, my every other body part. You know, and then genjutsu is like I'm a mess with your mind. Ooh, yeah, we got mind fuck shit. That's period. That's super wild. Yeah. So we have <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's amazing. A plethora. Uh, very informative. A plethora of jutsus. Yes. Jutsu out the wazoo. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna stop. Anyways. Uh but yeah, so like thanks for that synopsis. And like some of the characters are going to be elaborated. Thanks for that synopsis, Noelle. I know that we are going to kind of go more into the characters you mentioned as we progress with this episode. I think what we wanted to accomplish was kind of looking at Naruto from a feminist angle and mm. also from a queer angle, you know? Because yeah. it is one of the most popular anime out there. It's a lot of folks' gateway anime. But yeah, like, let's take a let's take a look at it, you know, like a closer look about things that maybe when we watch Naruto or when you watch Naruto and when other folks is not watch Naruto as kids, like here are some things that maybe have kind of gone over their head. And mm-hmm. now that we're older, we can look at things a little bit more critically with a different point of view and different lived experiences. Yeah. So yeah, kind of kicking things off, like a super basic question. Does Naruto pass the Bechdel test? And kind of context as to what that is, the Bechdel test is a test to measure the representation of women in fiction. And it asks whether a piece of work, whether it's a movie or an anime, in this sense, a, a book, features at least two women who talk to each other about something other than a man. And another requirement that's also added is that these women also have to have names. And this honestly seems like a very basic test, but you'd be surprised a lot of media doesn't pass it. So yeah, kind of circling back, does Naruto pass the Bechdel test? Hmm. I would say barely. (laughs) I feel like, okay... Well, actually, at least two women who talk to each other about something other than a man. I feel like most of those scenes are with the Hokage. So the so Tsunade is um, a female Hokage uh, after the male one that passed away. And most of the time, she is having a conversation with another woman, which is her assistant. And they're talking about more business things. So... I guess, like, missions or what's going to happen. Like, so I guess that counts. And they're both named. So, but other than that, if we're talking about more of the girls that are Naruto's age, uh, not so much. Uh, They don't even interact that much. Normally, it's the girls interacting with the boys. And if the girls do interact with the girls, they are normally talking about their love interests. So... Uh, Or thinking about it, I'm thinking about like a lot of the girls didn't really like have like a multiple girls on one mission. A lot of Mm. the time it was there's one girl and the rest are boys. Right. So it's kind of hard to like pinpoint when a girl's talking to another girl. I guess sometimes there's a girl fight. Like, okay, so they're called kunoichi. If you're a female ninja, there's like a kunoichi fighting another kunoichi and they're talking. I don't really remember the other girl's name. I mean, technically she's named, but like, I don't remember her name, but they're just fighting, you know, like, so on a mission or whatever. And they're talking about killing each other. (laughs) 
<laughs> or, you know, like, this is every shonen, like, this is what I did. I put my kunai in this position so that you wouldn't see this other one. You know, like, <laughs> that stuff. It's yeah. cetera. So, yeah, pretty much. Almost definitely. I yeah, feel like I bare totally minimum. you. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. And like I was saying before, the Bechdel test is a very bare minimum type. It should be the baseline, essentially. Like two women in a room who have names that are talking about something that isn't a man, that should be the baseline of representation. Just because something passes the Bechdel test, it doesn't mean it's inherently feminist, mm-hmm. you know, or it's it's a, an excellent Example. representation yeah. of women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, precisely. And it, it should just be the baseline. So with the stuff that you mentioned, and even as I kind of saw you, you had to think about it. And for example, if I asked you like, oh, are there like fight scenes in Naruto? Or yeah, or like, oh yeah, like is there uh the like development of relationships between like the male characters in the show like you could probably say like oh yeah right like yeah but it's not the same for the, the female characters like you have show. to think and, really hard you're like right am yeah. i missing it am i missing some like <laughs> yeah yeah and actually let's let's kind of get in more into the female characters of the show like you've mentioned sakura and sunade and sunade's assistant as well but uh can you kind of talk about what the female characters of Naruto like what their roles are and kind of how they are represented and how much screen time essentially they get in comparison to their male counterparts yeah so essentially when we're introduced to the whole team system it's pretty much two boys one girl Mm -hmm. every time so Naruto's class that he graduated with every team has two boys one girl that's normally how it goes and Normally, the girl is not really that good compared to the boys, period. They're, they're just not as talented. Um, one is very feeble, you know. One's outspoken but not very good at her jutsu, you know. And Sakura is unfortunately commonly known as trash. In the community, which is sad. She has a lot of hate. Lots of hate. Lots of hate for Sakura. Um, I don't feel that way about Sakura anymore. I used to, but after watching Shippuden, I was like, wah, chef kisses. Uh, but yeah, honestly, in the beginning, very sad. I remember being 10 and being like, this girl sucks. <laughs> Because I'm so used to, like, you know, girl power, Mulan and stuff, like Jasmine, like some, like, pretty cool, adequate women or girls. And then seeing, like, the super cool universe and everyone's got super cool powers, but the girls don't get any super cool powers. Like, Mm. I guess, like, Hinata has something that she's inherited, but even then, she's, like, not the good one out of her family. Like, she's apparently bad, you know? Mm. And I guess it sets them up for, like, redemption but it's like how come all the geniuses and how come all of the adequate ones are boys Ooh, retweet like i just don't why (laughs) yeah yeah and we know what actually came to my mind i remember there's this thing in the ninja academy when they're kids they separated the classes by gender um Mm. and what the girls had to do was different from what the boys had to do. So a part of the girls' classes was they had to do flower arranging. 
they had to like go into the field, pick flowers. It was it was basically Sakura and Ino's like friendship story, but like mm-hmm. that was like the context of what was like that was like the situation. So like mm-hmm. I just thought about that right now, like oh that's so weird. Like why would they do that? You know, and I guess mm-hmm. that's the culture for the village. But moving on to when they're older, a lot of the times women, or anytime you see a medical ninja, so these are ninja that. Uh, specialize in ninjutsu that heal uh, mm-hmm. people are female. Yeah, most of the time, especially on the field. So Tsunade mm-hmm. is a medical ninja. Her assistant is a medical ninja, also a, fem- a female. Uh, Sakura becomes a medical ninja. Ino becomes a medical ninja. A lot of the times, even like just these general characters that you see on the field, like just extras. If there's a medical ninja. They're most likely female. Even Rin was a medical mm-hmm. ninja um, with Obito and Kakashi. Like, normally there's like, yeah, there's the two males and the female. And normally the female is the medical one. And I'm like, mm-hmm. where's the male medical ninja? And for me, yeah. I've seen the nurses or like, I don't know if you call the medical ninja in the hospital that are male. But you never see a male ninja, medical ninja in the field. Mm-hmm. If you get what I mean. Yeah. In a combat in- team. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, as I'm kind of listening to you, it does sound like that. Like you said, you don't see it in a team. It's it's almost like those roles are or I mean, this is coming as from like as from an outsider perspective. But based on what you're telling me, it sounds like those roles are kind of assigned to them, even for the fact that all the girls pick flowers. It seems like they're almost raised to be medical ninjas mm. where the men are raised to be combat ninjas. Is that accurate? Yeah, it, I mean, it's kind of hard to tell about like grooming wise I guess it's not as celebrated I would say Mm. for for female ninjas to be super strong and like buff you know like and it's same Mm. for us as females in this universe it's kind of not really good or very female quote unquote Mm -hmm. to be strong and buff (laughs) I feel like for growing up it just felt like um, especially when you see how the children, because you could see how the kids in Naruto's class like grew up. You'll see like their backstories. A lot of the time, the male kids are being trained early, com- mm. combatively, uh, shuriken throwing, whatever, practicing their family's special jutsu or whatever. Ino, Sakura, like they're Sakura is like known as being like really smart. So like she's like studying or she's like playing at the playground or um mm. you know is helping with her flower shop you know mm-hmm. i know hinata was being trained early um mm-hmm. but at the same time she was always getting bullied for being weak etc mm-hmm. not much backstory on 1010 but yes my yeah. poor girls <laughs> yeah it sounds it sounds like you know they're very well could be male like medical ninjas in this universe um, there could very well be female combat ninjas or like combat um, shinobi like mm-hmm. in the in this universe. However, who gets represented yeah. is typically, yeah, the representation or what's seen on screen mm-hmm. is very binary. You know, like the fe- the female people are medical ninjas and the males are combat ninjas typically. You know, what's also really interesting is I found out in Shippuden, they made it seem like... I mean, I'm sure it is because you have to be very delicate with your jutsu. They say that medical ninjutsu is actually really hard to do. 
Mm-hmm. And I get that. But I, I kind of feel like it's low-key a cop-out. Like, to be like, yeah. oh, but it's really hard. So good for yeah. you. Yeah. So if it's really hard, like, why aren't more boys practicing it? You yeah. Know, if it's so prestigious, then, like, why aren't more, like, male ninjas practicing yeah. it? You know? So I'm just like, because I remember, yeah, at the time when I first learned of that, I was like, oh, cool, 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 cool. Like, like there's some redeeming qual, like, you know, like, like, but why does it have to be redeeming? You know, like, like, why can't, like, if, if it's so crazy hard, why aren't other people learning it? You know? Yeah. Seems pretty essential to me. Everyone needs a healer. Like, hello? Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Every team has one. Yeah. So like, why is it only like the women like filling that role? Yeah. Yeah. Like. Thanks for uh, thanks for elaborating on that. Uh, did you kind of want to go into the characters, like specific characters? As sure. You, you kind of touched into how they are already, but do you kind of want to talk about folks that you've mentioned? Sure. Like, like for example, and then um, also kind of go into Sakura. Yeah. Oh, period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I guess, sadly, the female characters – Though they do get featured, they don't get featured as much. We see them, mm-hmm. but we don't hear them as much, sadly. Mm. Uh, or we don't even know much about them. For example, mm. one of the only like female Jonin that actually has a name, um, Kurenai, as like a Naruto fan, like I still don't know what her specialty is. I don't know if I wasn't paying attention, but I, I, I can name all the other Jonin specialties, like Kakashi's, he's got his Sharingan, Asuma, he's got Ash, like an Ash Jutsu. You know, like, like I can just name, I can name them, but I, something about Genjutsu for Kura and I, but I don't know what that is. Everyone has like a very specific special Jutsu, like that they're known for, you know, mm-hmm. but I have no idea what hers is. And all I know is that she was always with Asuma and they were lovers and they had a baby. Mm. And that's all we know about Kura and I. And Shippuden, yeah, it's kind of just like she has Asuma's baby. And Asuma passes away, and that's really sad. So, like... Spoiler. Oh, don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, Spoilers. Period. Okay, so, you know, speaking of special jutsu, her family is known for something like... Uh, they have, like, a mind-transfer jutsu. So they can do things where they can... Uh, enter other people's minds and manipulate their bodies or manipulate their actions, etc., etc. So that's cool. I think that's super cool as a specialty jutsu, right? But honestly, that character as Ino, like, there's not much depth to her other than her love for Sasuke and her rivalry with Sakura. Like, basically, the ent- her entire character is, I love Sasuke, and since Sakura, even though she was my best friend because she loves him too she's my rival now and i'm gonna hate her or basically just act like i hate her call her really mean names so the naruto video games mind you they have like a an ultimate and then they have like a super ultimate so her ultimate is her mind transfer jutsu which is cool we got that but normally everyone's ultimate like their super ultimate in the game is like super epic animation like the jutsu they're super known for something that they've really been working hard on you know to get and her super ultimate is literally like a flower thing i can't even say a jutsu because i don't even think it's a jutsu she literally just like it's just ah throws a flower at your face take damage bitch 
<laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what? Is it just because this girl's family, like, owns a, f- a flower shop? Like, why doesn't she have this super fucking cool ultimate? Like, why couldn't it be, like, some really dope mind transfer ultimate? You know, like, mm. honestly, you guys can, like, look it up. Like, it's pretty sad. <laughs> I was like, damn. Mm, meow. Uh, but yeah, so honestly, I believe she could do way more, and I feel like they could have emphasized her family like special jutsu way more. But at least one of her redeeming qualities, or something that she is known for, is for loving her friends. But I feel like everyone does that. <laughs> uh, sad, but all right. <laughs> Last um, kind of side female supporting character, Ten Ten. This poor girl. <laughs> this bitch has no backstory whatsoever. Oh. She doesn't. I don't even think she has a clan story. Like I have no idea. This girl just got a bunch of ninja tools, which is cool. Uh, but she does like yeah. Everyone has like a special clan that they they belong to. They have the special jutsu. But I'm I'm sure I guess her clan might be like ninja tool people but we don't really see much about them and in the video game she's quote-unquote fun to play because she's like a troll character like she can just keep throwing ninja tools all the time and she just always goes yeah ha yeah ha and then like she doesn't seem to be taken seriously at all and she's also not really portrayed as that strong in the anime she's she's like capable but she doesn't beat anybody. I mean, she could throw stuff. <laughs> That's about it, sadly. But, however, uh, in contrast to this, we have women in power. Like Tsunade, like I mentioned, the Hokage. We have the Mizukage, which is basically like the Hokage before uh, the village hidden in the mist. So, and she's, she got lava jutsu. That, that shit's cool. Uh, <laughs> and then we also have like some elder Kinoichi, uh, like, Chio, we have like this other Konoha elder and their mentors or just, el- you know, any type of elder that gives advice for the leaders that are present in that day. <sighs> but Sakura, period. Yeah. Yeah, so like, Let's yeah, talk. thanks for sharing all of the, <laughs> yeah, thank you for sharing all of the stuff about like this, the female side characters and that kind of thing. Yeah, I know you love Naruto, so it's really interesting to see kind of your point of view on the stuff that really isn't talked about. I just keep seeing it like being hyped up as this anime, but it's really cool to see this angle. And what I've seen for Sakura is she, like I said earlier, she gets a lot of hate in so much. the community. Yeah, and like I don't even know Naruto, and I know that people don't like Sakura. So do you kind of want to elaborate on her character? Yeah, okay. So first of all, She's Sasuke crazy, as in she's boy crazy. Like, she's just everything about her goals, about her future, about why she wants to fight is because Mm -hmm. of Sasuke. And I feel like just that alone, besides her her lack of skill um, and physical strength, is, is kind of what turns people off. Because people are are used, to, they want to see like, oh, this person has like Naruto has a goal to become Hokage. Sasuke has kind of a shady goal, but it's still a pretty big goal, you know. <laughs> like, um, but this one is just like, I want to marry Sasuke, and it's like you're a ninja, like you got nothing else planned, you know. <laughs> like, so uh, other than that, like she is smart, but she's 
quote unquote completely useless otherwise. If you see all the early fight scenes of Sakura, she contributes almost nothing. There's some times where it's like, ah, uh, you almost did something, but it didn't really do much. But good for you, like you know, like the participatory award, like. <laughs> Sadly, um, and it's literally a meme. Sad, like she said, she's garbage. Uh, and oh, people, I've seen some things where people will cosplay as Naruto and Sasuke, and then they'll just have Sakura be a trash can, Aww. which is sad because she's literally the main female, at least one of the main like females of the anime, and mm-hmm. it's one of my favorites. So it's like to see like who I am, like who's representing me as a woman, mm-hmm. is a trash can. <laughs> you know, like, it's, like, sad. And um, honestly, she had such a great, great redeeming arc in Shippuden. Uh, she ends up being a key player in the Ninja War. Spoiler alert, there's a Ninja War. And she becomes, <laughs> um, basically, Team 7 becomes the three, the next three legendary Sanin, which is, like, let three, based on is three. So, like, basically, like, a legendary three ninja. And she becomes one of them. So it's super cool. Um, one at, in Shippuden, she trains under Tsunade. So she learns medical ninjutsu. So now she has something under her belt. Whereas before it was like just knowledge, not really good, particularly at anything else besides chakra control, mm. which is good for medical ninjutsu. So because she's good at chakra control, but then she also got hella buff uh, because she knows chakra control. She's able to, to like send chakra to certain parts of her body and thus have extreme physical strength like Tsunade. So they basically buff her. <laughs> so even though she had such a great redeeming arc, it's sad because a lot of male viewers still view her as trash. Um, even in aside from her skills, she actually has this learning process where she understands that her goal isn't Sasuke anymore, but Ooh. to be able to stand with them on equal footing mm-hmm. and to be able to protect her village like the same way they can. Mm-hmm. So it's it's I mean. It's still a bit comparative, but it's beyond the goal of affection, you know. Mm. However, she does still indeed seek his reciprocation of her love, despite him almost killing her multiple times on purpose. But hey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That's... Super toxic. But yeah, so it, it's very questionable why she still loves Sasuke after all of that. But she she really works super hard to get him back to the point where she almost betrays the village to get close to Sasuke so she can try to kill him. Hmm. Yeah. Because, spoiler, don't listen. Um, basically what happens is he's like, I killed my brother. What do I do now? And then, like, he also finds out, oh, no, my brother wasn't that bad guy. I'm going to go kill everyone in the Leaf Village instead. And so they found out that plan. And Sakura was like, oh, shit. Got to kill Sasuke. (laughs) So, yeah. Basically, she works hard to bring Sasuke back. And Naruto has the same exact goal. Mm. Um, aside from being Hokage, as after Sasuke leaves, he's like, he's going to do whatever in his power to bring Sasuke back. And that's a really big theme as well. Um, yet he doesn't get shit on nearly as much as Sakura does. 
Mm-hmm. They both have the same amount of passion to bring Sasuke back. I, I feel like Naruto actually expresses it more outwardly than Sakura does. Because I mm-hmm. feel like Naruto and Sakura, like Sakura doesn't have to say anything because Naruto knows and that's how their bond got closer. Mm-hmm. But like Naruto is always screaming like, I'm going to get Sasuke back. Like, uh, for Sasuke, like, please don't kill Sasuke. Like, he's very outwardly expressive, but he's he's not shit on the same way Sakura is. And mm. because is it because her feelings are romantic? But what if Naruto's feelings are romantic? Ooh, we're gonna get to that. Thank you so much for for sharing that. I really didn't. That's that's actually a really good point because I guess also another thing that plays into it is like the anime is called Naruto. It's not called Sakura, right? So yeah, and I really resonated when you said that she was your representation as a female. Mm-hmm. You know. In the anime and to hear how much hatred like the fan base had for her. Mm-hmm. And we we know firsthand in folks are very protective of their fandoms mm-hmm. too in general. So to hear people have such outward disdain yeah. for the only like the only main female character mm-hmm. in the show is just uh, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Especially it's heartbreaking. when I-, I think it's also sad that she has to prove herself. But mm. but she did, and she even gets better. There's actually mm-hmm. even even more character development in in one show in Shippuden, and it's just sad because people are just like, "Nah, she's still trash." Period. <laughs> it's just like, okay, so you're not even gonna try. Mm-hmm. Bye. Yeah. yeah, like why is it when like a male character does it, it's character development, but when a female character does it, they're still defined by who they were in the first seasons, like. And that's on toxic traits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. And like I I like you kind of teased it a little bit. And like this is a great like segue too, because you know, fandom femmes were not just about female representation, we're also about queer representation. Yes. And something that I've seen mm-hmm. a lot in the fandom community as somebody who has never seen naruto is that there are a lot of queer overtones not Uh, even undertones like overtones overtones in the show so yeah like kind of can you kind of go into one how does that look in the show what are some examples and then also kind of answer the question like are those examples also examples of queer baiting so one of the first instances of queer overtones (laughs) overtones <laughs> in the anime would actually be in the first arc of the first season of Naruto uh, where we're introduced to two characters named Haku and Zabuza. Before we know that they're villains or quote-unquote villains, Naruto meets Haku without the context of being a ninja and Naruto mistakes Haku for a woman and Haku doesn't deny it. And Haku is indeed a boy, quote unquote. Bishonen for sure. If you don't know what Bishonen um, is, is, it means like they're super beautiful uh, with a bit more feminine characteristics, but still male. However, he was wearing female clothing and was wearing his long hair in what would be perceived as a feminine way. Haku also has a strong connection to Zabuza. Zabuza is a mercenary, uh, as a swordsman, 
much older than Haku. Haku's about Naruto's age, maybe a little older, 13, 14. Uh, Zabuza around Kakashi's age, so maybe in his late 20s, early 30s. So they had, uh, the Haku has a very strong connection, attachment to Zabuza, uh, he, which was made out of his admiration for Zabuza saving him. And thus explaining his unwavering loyalty to even thrust, spoiler alert, to even thrust his own body in front of Kakashi's Chidori to save Zabuza. Zabuza then realizes how much Haku means to him when he dies, so after the fact. When in moments prior, Zabuza was talking about using Haku as only a tool. So he says in the anime that in his realization, he is his partner and is not a tool and that their bond was mutual. Mm. So a lot of the times in Naruto, I realized that whenever people talked about each other in camaraderie, they would normally say something like comrade, friend, teammate, something like that. The word partner directly translated the subs wasn't really something that came up that much so it was really interesting to see and it it always kind of felt like it you know it was always like yeah it was because he admired him for saving his life but also the kid looks like a girl the guy is older and like there's a lot of like sakura petals when they're reminiscing like i don't know how to explain it like oh, really yeah like like Oh my god! Yeah, and it's like the way they die is they're literally spoiler alert. Spoiler alert! They're literally laying. He lays the Zabuza lays next to Haku's body, facing him as if maybe they could could be in a bed. Like it's very intimate, you know. Like, and he's talking to Haku's dead body, you know, like saying sorry, etc. Like, and it's like. If it felt way more than just we're friends or like, mm. hey, you're like a dad to me, you know, like that was not a dad energy, like maybe some daddy mm-hmm. energy, but <laughs> oh! Oh! but it was not like a father son type of deal or not even like a mentor mentee type of deal. It definitely felt more than that. So queer baiting. Can you explain that a little more just scene? Yeah, so uh, queer baiting is essentially when shows know that, or when it's like shows or like any type of media have these queer overtones, or they will tease the audience with potential queerness or with the potential for queer relationships to no payoff, and then then not do anything about it. I guess one example where like it it manifested is kind of like. I don't know, or I, I think th- this happens in a lot of media where for six seasons, there's this tension between two characters, and then you think that it's definitely romantic, and at the end, if they finally, like, come out or anything like that, they, like, hold hands, or it's a six-season buildup for one kiss, you know, and then one of them dies, like, uh, so all this buildup to, like, <gasps> no payout, right. and mm-hmm. they literally and of- die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my god. And um a lot of the and that's that can be harmful because it seems like a lot of the times what it feels like from a creator's point of view or from like audience member point of view is that the creators 
know that they want to get this type of following they want to get the attention of like from the queer community and like i don't know if naruto specifically targeted the queer community but like they wanted to do something that would attract attention but without validating or like confirming that these characters are actually queer that makes sense that's what this is (laughs) like you literally just described this whole situation to me like or uh, what, like, basically what I described with Haku and Zabuza, like, it was, like, so, like, I, I, I feel like, well, back then when I was a kid, I didn't really, I, I just thought, yeah, they're friends, you know, but, like, yeah. as I got older and I rewatched Naruto, uh, actually, as an adult, and I was, like, wait a minute. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Hmm. This is a, huh. But. Yeah, basically, only one of them was able to realize the mutual feelings, while the other one died before getting to know that the other, the other's feelings were mutual as well. Yeah, and then we don't. Sure also, like, as an audience mm-hmm. member, we don't even know for certain if that's romantic. Yeah, I was gonna, I was about to say that. Like, they don't come out and say like, "Oh, I'm in love with you, Haku," or anything like that. Or I. Zabuza, I'm gay. You know, like there's none knock, of that like, in the show. Who's there? You're gay. <laughs> <laughs> if we ever come out with like stickers or t-shirts, that's definitely going. Uh, yes, definitely. But, yes, yeah, definitely. And um, this is something that I kind of want to talk about, like when we get because there's there's a we also plan to talk about this like later on in this episode. But I'm also really interested to see because that relationship, especially when you talked about the age difference, mm. and just to clarify, is Haku a kid? Yeah, essentially, he's definitely not over eighteen. Yeah. So the fact that you know that relationship, and this is something that I've kind of heard like in my circles of like people who like watch Naruto, uh, content warning pedophilia, but that there are definitely like pedophilic like undertones with their relationship as well yeah because it's like seen as romantic and they like desire each other in that way it almost seems like that's that queer that's a a really harmful stereotype in the lgbt community as well yes how a lot of gay people are predatory Mm -hmm. and that's like a part of the lgbt community and it's really not so that's something that we will elaborate more on later about like villainizing yeah uh those like that identity as well but yeah like tell me more about um some of the other examples and stuff or do you want to talk about the big one we got the example the example the example we got uh hello naruto and sasuke duh uh gay (laughs) (laughs) like oh come on like you can't not tell me they're not gay Wait, I totally confused myself with them negatives, but uh <laughs> All right, let's start with Naruto. Come on, bitch. Uh this boy is obsessed with Sasuke. Like, I mean, yeah. It's all about like, oh yeah, Sasuke's stronger and I admire him and I want to catch up. I want to be cool like Sasuke. And okay, yeah, he's his first friend, but he goes through such lengths to defend this dude even when he literally plans to destroy the leaf village Mm. he's like i'm gonna defend this guy to the death like this dude literally got on his knees and prostrated himself in front of the raikage to beg him to not kill sasuke Mm. because sasuke guess what 
kidnapped the Ray Kage's younger brother. Spoiler alert, I'm so sorry. I'm really bad at <laughs> I'm so bad at, a disclaimer? at so bad at alerting. <laughs> Alert! We put a disclaimer at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Like, this contains spoilers. Spoilers, period. If you haven't watched Naruto Shippuden. Anyway, so uh, yeah, okay, yes, it's a shonen, and those ve- those feelings are very a part of, like, the theme. Shonen is super big on, like, friendship, camaraderie, like, I just want to be your friend. Uh, I don't know what song was that. That was not a friend. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Naruto, yeah, so he, it's all in the name of friendship. In the name of friendship, he literally takes a beating, a physical beating, uh, without fighting back, like, because someone... Uh, it was the Raikage's brother's underlings that just wanted to know where he was so bad. And they wanted to know more about Sasuke. And they're asking Naruto because they heard Sasuke come out of his mouth. And then she's literally beating him to a pulp. Like, you could blood. Like, she's literally on top of him just beating him. And he's saying, like, I'm not going to say anything about him. I'm not going to say anything bad about Sasuke. And she's like... And it's, like, painful to watch because it's actually kind of a long scene. And the, the other guy, Darui, like, just kind of, like, watches. And he's like, yo, that's enough. And she's like, no. And she just keeps beating his ass. And I was like, this is a lot. Like, and yeah. he, he's, like, so swollen everywhere. And I was, I was like, you're going through a lot for this dude. You could have literally just said, yeah, Sasuke was my, my teammate before. Uh, and he he's a bad guy. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah a lot of the dialogue feels like it can be taken further than that like a lot of the ways he expresses his feelings for Sasuke um, though not uh, explicitly romantic a lot of that dialogue always kind of sounds like if you took it out of the context of Naruto something a lover would be ta- saying to a lover mm. Honestly, mm-hmm. if you took it out of context, you're like, hmm, that's something I'd hear from my boyfriend. Or like, hey, yeah. that's something I would hear, like, I-, I could possibly hear in a shoujo, you know? Like, but because he's screaming it, it's a shonen. <laughs> uh, so, like, so Nar- loud feelings. Loud feelings. So, like, yeah, Naruto says a lot of stuff, like, to Sasuke, like, you're trying to be alone again, and I can't let that happen. Mm. That sounds like something literally my boyfriend has said to me. Like, <laughs> Like, I can't let that happen. Like, I, like, I know that's, like, you know, say, for example, like, like yeah, Sasuke is self-sabotaging because, like, that's just part of what he's doing and who he is. And he feels, like, the guilt, you know, and so um, also doesn't know what to do with himself. And so he's self-sabotaging by, like, wanting to be alone. And being alone means having to kill Naruto because apparently to him, he can't be alone unless Naruto's dead. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, something like you're trying to be alone again and I can't let that happen. It just sounds, how does that sound to you? I want your opinion. Honestly, it sounds, it does sound very romantic. And like, you know, when we were talking about doing this episode, we wanted to talk about Sasunaru, you know, oh, like that's, that's very, very obvious. And I was thinking because a lot of other folks, like mostly I've noticed like men, uh, specifically like male fans of Naruto but like I other people of like other genders and identities have felt this way too how like they're just really good friends they're just really strong friends and I'm just like okay cool do you talk to your friends like that 
you know? Yeah, especially like, if you are a male. Like, do you talk to your male friends like that? Like, yeah. I'm and pretty like, sure the bros. <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. And if that's the model for how friendship should be, like, you'd think that all these men who watch Naruto would be that ride or die for their friends. Mm hmm. So and that and that's the thing too. Like you don't have to. Something else that we were kind of exploring and talking about is we totally understand. Like you don't have to be identify as queer to have really deep relationships with people. Mm-hmm. Like if you have a deep relationship with someone, it doesn't have to be romantic. Yeah, like we get that, you know. But in the way that it's modeled in the show and with the examples that you've shown too that have these like overtones like sure okay if this is an example of non-toxic masculinity yeah like so be it but also if it is then i'm just curious like male naruto fans why aren't your relate your friendships as like deep and robust as naruto and sasuke yeah yeah like why aren't they why aren't they affectionate you know like why why don't you talk to your friends in the way that you or chase talk after to your, your friends? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Literally, this dude chases him physically. <laughs> like yeah. he's, and then also his mind is just kind of always chasing Sasuke. Like mm-hmm. I need to get stronger so I can get Sasuke back. Like it's always yeah. this. And yeah. at one point, it kind of feels like being Hokage is like second to Sasuke. Yeah. Like, that's kind of how it feels. Like, it kind of becomes like, oh, yeah, I'm going to become powerful enough anyway and then become Hokage and recognize. But, like, mm-hmm. I need Sasuke. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think kind of, like, pushing that further a little bit, uh, we kind of alluded to it earlier, but let's talk about toxic masculinity and – or masculinity in general and, mm. like, how that's portrayed in Naruto because Naruto, it sounds like – he feels a lot, you know, yeah. he's very expressive mm. and he emotes a lot. And that's something that is typically frowned upon and not accepted as um, like for people who are assigned male at birth, you know, mm-hmm. like if you're a dude, you don't show emotion. Uh, how is that received? Like when he when he does that, when he is like really emotional during like to, towards Sasuke, are people questioning his strength at all? Like do people think that he's not that strong because he's so fixated on Sasuke how's it received in the show well definitely in the beginning it was because no one took Naruto seriously because of his ability and also because of his personality very prankster like uh they they just thought like oh it's just this kid rambling on like that he's gonna become better than the genius of the class you know like like Mm. whatever like not taking him seriously um though when Sasuke does leave that was kind of when people started to acknowledge Naruto a bit more. Definitely more so in, in Shippuden because this dude becomes badass, let me tell you, and everyone gets to see. But I'm like, <laughs> but I'm like, it's like, it feels like when he is emoting, he has no shame. And I honestly, I love the vulnerability. However, I know that some characters' reactions, people that are close to him, empathize Mm. but the people that are like say the ninja from the other village that are also involved or anybody else they're just like why are you doing this this makes no sense and it's not really that they're questioning his strength they kind of question his character i guess Mm -hmm. there's a lot of moral debating uh 
despite that, despite everything, Naruto always stood by Sasuke. Mm. So I see. I don't think anyone was necessarily like, yo, he's weaker because he's always trying to find Sasuke. There, there's a whole arc where Sai actually is a character who took Sasuke's place after he left in terms of on Team 7 temporarily. Mm-hmm. Sai, um, one, he, al- he already had issues understanding human emotions um, because mm-hmm. he was groomed to not have any. But mm-hmm. he just did not understand why Naruto was so fixated on Sasuke, even though Sai can see himself because he does meet Sasuke, that um, Sai sees himself that Sasuke has so much disdain for Naruto. So he just cannot explain, like he cannot comprehend. And literally what Sai was experiencing, I feel like was what everyone in the audience was also experiencing. Like anyone that's <laughs> watching Naruto is like, yeah, Naruto, why? Why do you, why? <laughs> why? This dude's such an ass. Why? Can you just go, <laughs> can you just go focus on being a badass you Hokage? Better. You deserve better. Like this dude can go do whatever shit he wants. Like he doesn't want you. Why do you keep, why? Why? Like literally the whole thing, because it's like, you know, like, if they don't want you, what? why even chase after them? Like, I guess mm-hmm. that's kind of, like, the strong, independent woman type feel I, I always, like, kind of had. Like, I'm not going to – no, like, if I'm not celebrated here, if I'm just tolerated here, no, absolutely not, period. Bye. Yeah. Peace out. And isn't that, like, what the side characters tell the protagonist of a rom-com who's pursuing the man that isn't right for her? <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> You're, oh my god. You're so good at this. <laughs> you literally like take my brain, stick both hands in it, and then open it up. Is that the mind jutsu? Yeah. That <laughs> I'll spread yeah. it. Spread that brain, oh yo. God. Yeah. Okay. Uh, speaking of entering each other, uh, let's talk about Sasuke. <laughs> no! no! Okay. <laughs> I, we're talking about Sasuke. Okay, speaking of entering, let's talk about Sasuke. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, so oh, Sasuke, no. his deal is that he acknowledges Naruto and is the close. He even acknowledges that he's the closest to him, but so decides to kill him so he has no attachment to the world, and this can be the strongest he can be so he can reform the ninja world. This dude is literally saying, Naruto's the most important person in my life. Like, no, don't get close. I can't be emo if you're close. Goodbye, my one and only friend. Like, literally in quotes. Like, he said that. Like, goodbye, my one and only friend. Like, right before he tries to go kill him in their final fight. So, it's just like, doesn't that seem just so, like, extra? Like, it it, it just feels so, like, emo. Like, in the sense where it's like that girl... I hate that I have to use a girl as an example, but say, like, in a rom-com, like, you're like, no, like, I don't deserve you, like, or, like, no, I can't live without you, so I have to kill you, like, some yandere shit. I do love you, but this is why I have to let you go. Oh, my God, yeah, basically, like, I I have other things, like, I don't know, like, so... Literally, Sasuke, in like, this is quoted from the show. Sasuke says, just give up and let me cut you down. And Naruto says, I can't do that because I'm your one and only friend. And basically, yeah, like, I'm your one and only. You know, like, I'm your <laughs> one and only. Like, if you take me away, you'll have nothing else. And I can't let that happen to you. You know, like, that just sounds so, like, intimate. Like, oh, my gosh. So not only 
did they have these dialogue in it like um exchanges they normally always only understood each other's feelings after physical altercations which were always very intimate and mm-hmm. like when they're fighting for some odd reason they'd always end up with their faces so close together <laughs> like their bodies very close together like like you know like yeah okay swords clash you know okay yeah they clash but why your nose is almost touching like is that how fighting works? Like, tension. <laughs> there's so much tension. And sometimes he's on top of him, like straddled, like on the floor, straddled. And then they roll around in the dirt. And then Naruto's <laughs> on top of him. You know, like, it just feels very, like, touchy. Like, it kind of reminds me of that episode in Black Mirror. Did you see the new season of Black Mirror? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. I, I think feel, I know which episode you're talking about. It feels about. like that, where, you know, like, I mean, one's in a girl avatar, but, like, they're, like, fighting, but then it gets really close, and they're just, like, they're grappling, and it just feels so, like, raw and intimate, and then it ends up being sex. Like, yeah. like that one is actually, like, there's a payoff there, but here, it's, <laughs> it's just like a, you're my friend, but we're going to roll around in the dirt very close. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, okay. like, as you're talking, I'm just thinking, I just keep going back, and I'm just like, okay male fans who think Naruto and Sasuke don't have a queer relationship. Do you do this with your friends? Do How you... far do the bros go? I want to know. <laughs> yeah, I want to know. Like, comment below I mean, or I mean, send not, us a DM. Okay, not, not even, like, judging or anything. Like, I just want to know. Like, I'm curious. Seriously. Like, I, I mean, the bros are with the bros, right? Yeah. And sometimes I'm considered a bro, but, like, sometimes bros have their bro time. <laughs> and yeah. we don't know what's going on in there, so... It would be a really cool to get a up close look uh, what goes on with the bros. Do you are you Sasunaru up in there, broskies? I don't know. Yeah. And I'm just asking that question because I'm just like, do you? Cuz like if you do, then okay, cool. Then this can be a great example of non-toxic masculinity. And I'm so happy that you're practicing non-toxic masculinity. We love that. Precisely. We love that. Yeah. So you talked about kind of like physical uh altercations and stuff and you this is a good segue into kind of what their relationship looks like together and I think as I was kind of hearing you talk about that one thing that specifically came to mind is do you think and disclaimer like Noelle and I do not have backgrounds in psychology but just kind of based on what you saw in the show do you think that Sasunaru is a trauma bond relationship and kind of going into what that is, it's a type of codependency. It's where people are drawn and continue relationships with people who essentially abuse them. And so at first, um, this is kind of um, quoting from a Psychology Today article, but within a trauma bond, the narcissist partner who is like the nar- like narcissist, um, it can be like an interchangeable term here, but like the person's partner who often has codependency issues first feels loved and cared for. However, this begins to erode over time and the emotional, mental, and sometimes physical abuse takes over the relationship. But the codependent sees the change, but like doesn't always understand why it's happening. So they believe that if they just understood them more, then they would, they would be able to repair things, you know? So that kind of like trauma bond too, because like people um, have said, oh, like in what you were saying with uh, Sasuke, how folks have told Naruto 
that you know you don't deserve him he like doesn't like you like why do you keep going after him yeah. it kind of reminded me of this and again I'm not I don't have a psychology background or anything but do you think like there's there's toxicity in that relationship or do you think it could be a form of like trauma bonding since they've been through a lot together you know what I mean right one they've been through a lot together and two they've been through a lot of similar things in their childhood which is Mm. something they kind of bond over in terms of uh, they literally go through childhood trauma and Mm. that that is kind of something that they they bond over in the sense that they recognize like they can sympathize with each other like they like it feels like no one else in the village besides them to experience that level of trauma at that age and that they only them two could understand each other how romantic does that sound? Like, like <laughs> on, only, only I can understand you. And like the other person's like, I know, only I can Ooh. understand you because we went through really terrible childhood trauma that cannot yeah. compare to anybody else's. Like, hold on, <laughs> look, please continue. No, yeah, I'm like as kind of like an outsider, I'm kind of listening to this, and I'm just like, oh, well, if. They can't – because that, that, that's true. Like, you're putting all this pressure and, like, responsibility on one person to understand your trauma. And if that one person who's also dealing with trauma wants to recoil and hide and, like, distance themselves from them and the other person is kind of vying after them too because they're the only ones that understand each other, I don't know. I feel like there's that some – feels, like, That feels kind of toxic to me. That feels a bit – just a yeah so i mean the what's another intimate thing that i haven't really seen in the series happen to other characters they have actually entered each other's psyches multiple times and have they literally say it of what they do they have read each other's hearts and memories like you could go into each other's minds and then like read each other's hearts and then understand that like like even Sasuke tells him, like I've read your heart, like, and I know what you're feeling, but I have to do this. I have to kill you because I I can't I can't accept this love basically, or like not even. I mean, he doesn't say love, but it's basically like him being like I can't accept it because, like, like if if I do, like I guess he'll become soft or something, and then he won't be mm. able to accomplish his goal of being evil and killing everyone. <laughs> like cha- changing mm. everything. So mm. um, literally it's kind of like his feelings for Naruto are what's holding him back from his toxic tendencies or like, mm. or like not tendencies or his plans. <laughs> and, but yeah. he, he feels like his toxic plans or his evil plans are more important than his own happiness. Yeah. So, and it, and it sounds yeah. like, yeah. And it sounds like his idea, which is like a common idea that can be perpetuated. Like, in this u- I love how we call IRL like this, this universe, universe and like that universe <laughs> yeah like in this universe in this realm you know folks don't think that people who are emotional can have power or be powerful or who aren't like aren't fit to lead um so I I can definitely like see that too like a lot of that that to me that reads as like talking about masculinity as someone who hasn't seen the show because he thinks that he has to rob himself of emotion and like deep emotional connection because it would make him weaker yeah yeah that's Mm. literally what that is like he literally is like 
I can't be the strongest person I am if you're attached if I'm attached to you. Like mm. it's so crazy. Like, um, like literally these are some quotes in their in their final fight with the final blow. They like relate to each other's trauma. And Sasuke says, You said we're like brothers. Maybe in that sense we were. And Naruto says, You're totally wrong. You don't understand, don't you? And then he runs away. He's like, You don't understand, don't you? And he runs away. I was like, <laughs> What is what do you what is this? <laughs> I was like, why does it sound like, like he's like, like it's almost like Naruto's getting like brother zoned, and like Naruto's like, oh you my don't god, understand, uh, and then he runs away. But then yeah, the Sasuke has a flashback, and he talks about how he always was observing Naruto as a kid, and he even said in quotes, "Then every time I'd see you, I think about you more and more." End quote. And I was like, I at this point I was like, oh come on, this is gay. <laughs> I was like, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it being gay. I'm like, I'm excited that it is, but like, I'm like, how can people not? Like, this is yeah. Just so, are we watching the same anime? Yeah, are we watching? Are you watching Naruto? <laughs> are you? I'm sorry, it's actually called Narusasu because this whole anime is a love story. <laughs> But it's uh, actually a shoujo. It's actually with a shoujo. A ninja side arc. But it's, n- a, it's a shoujo with ninja overtones. Oh my god, I'm dead. With shonen overtones. With shovertones, if you will. Oh, I love here. Oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna get into the main shovertones right here. We got yes. some quotes. They wake up from the final blow, which apparently renders both of them incapacitated, and they came back from quote unquote like purgatory. Like a they were supposed to die, but then they didn't. And there, they also shared the space there. Uh, but yes, they wake up. Sasuke is like, what is with you anyway? Why do you care about me so much? And Naruto's like... Wait, hold on. Do you want to, like, read the dialogue as Naruto and Sasuke? Yes! Yes, okay. okay. So who, who do you, you want to be? I'll be Naruto. Okay, I'll be Sasuke. Okay. <clears throat> You're going to hear it too. Hold on. I have to make my hair all emo. And <laughs> okay. What's with you anyway? Why do you care about me so much? <laughs> Because I'm your friend. When I see you take on all that by yourself and get all messed up, it kind of hurts me. You asked me to explain it, but I really can't put it into words. Oh, this is also me. (laughs) Um, So I think also what happens here is I didn't write it in, but Sasuke is like, like, uh, then I'll just die. (laughs) <laughs> and then Naruto says uh, then I'll just die yeah basically <laughs> thank you and then Naruto says if you can die you can stay and help me there's no guarantee I won't stand against you again then I'll stop you again and again Sasuke cries <laughs> yeah and then he literally tears up and this dude never cries he's angsty as fuck so it's just it was just like whoa so it's like like you know like it kind of feels like that push and pull relationship like like some like even like in a shoujo there's like a a chaser and like a, a like someone that runs away right and Sasuke is obviously the one that runs away and Naruto's a chaser but it's like 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 say it instead of like oh there's no guarantee I won't stand against you again it almost sounds like oh you know like maybe say like for example cheating like there's no guarantee I won't cheat on you again you know like then I'll I'll make I'll make sure I, you don't you know like it feels like that you know like like no matter what, like I'll just 
make sure it works. You know, mm-hmm. like and it, it, like they literally just sound like that type of couple. Like, is this a shojo? I don't know. But basically, at the end of the fight, their arms are blown up, and they're laying next to each other, and their arms are blown up with their blood stained on a rock that looks like a heart. Oh, so cute, so gorgeous, cute. I saw it. I yeah, it straight up looks like a heart to me, and it also kind of feels like they're holding hands. As well. So, um, honorable mention as well, they were also each other's first kiss. It was an iconic meme from the show, and uh, it's just, it's interesting because literally the first, uh, maybe it might have been the second or third episode of Naruto, the very first series, they accidentally kiss. But it's just like, they're they're each other's first kiss, and that's like breaking like the physical boundary, you know. And aside from that, it's also a meme that they're always yelling each other's names, like Naruto, Sasuke, Naruto, Sasuke. Precisely. So, <laughs> uh, in conclusion, Naruto is real, and it is real good. Period. Period. End of story. Yeah, that was a lot. It's so much of evidence. Yeah, that's, I that's did my really... research. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, and like as we were preparing for this episode, I actually looked up some of the images Noelle was talking about. And if you look it up, like that ending battle scene where Naruto and Sasuke are laying together in the mo- even in the manga panel. It looks like they are metaphorically holding hands. Yeah. And the blood on the ground looks like a heart. I'm not just saying that because I agree with Noelle and she's my friend. Look at it. Look at it. Period. Just look it up. Like, look at it. I should make a yeah. research paper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> with yeah, images. You make a PowerPoint. Record. Yes. <laughs> Bitch, there is one. <laughs> there is a PowerPoint. There is yes. a PowerPoint. That's another story. <laughs> yes. But yes. Yeah. And I am curious, too, because... Um, another thing that we talked about is we talked about, you know, Haku and Sabas' relationship. We talked about the big one, like Sasunaru, but I'm also very curious about other queer characters in the show. One in particular is Orochimaru. And oh, man. Oh, yes. Oh, and person. I- <laughs> so- <laughs> oh, snick. <laughs> Oh, Snake. Stop. I was literally about to say that. Wow. Did we enter each other's psyches? We did. We're literally emotionally attached. <laughs> We're soul bonded for life. Oh, my Anyways, God. so kind of – I know a little bit about Orochimaru because when Noelle and I were on the core dance crew, we mm-hmm. did a performance as characters from Naruto. <laughs> Noelle was – it was perfect, actually. It was so Noelle good. was Sasuke. And I was Orochimaru, and I hadn't seen the show before, so I ended up watching a bunch of those YouTube deep dive videos where it's like, top 10 facts about Orochimaru, and Orochimaru, best battle, like things like that on YouTube to kind of research for the role. And one thing that kind of constantly came up was that Orochimaru kind of teeters the line between masculine and feminine, and people aren't sure whether or not they are male or female. Right. It's not explicitly said in the show. And a lot of folks say that they are like a non-binary character. So could you kind of like talk about, give a little intro to who Orochimaru is? Orochimaru. All right. So I kind of mentioned, I'm just 
going to say him for now because that is how he's referenced in the show. And <sighs> this dude, I mentioned him. Um, basically, Orochimaru was previously a ninja for the Leaf Village, but got really obsessed with being able to learn and know every jutsu in the world. So he left the Leaf Village because he was practicing like illegal jutsu or like forbidden jutsu, basically to become immortal. Because in order to learn all that jutsu, he needs more time. Therefore, he needs immortality. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so he became like obsessed with information and being able to embody all of it. And so in order to do that, his immortality jutsu is basically taking other people's bodies as vessels and transferring himself into them. Not exactly mm-hmm. like possession, but he can actually take their flesh and bo- like their body, put himself almost like on top of it. Like he he's always like shedding like he's also reminiscent of a snake he has a lot of snake tendencies <laughs> uh but yeah he's first introduced as a sound village kunoichi actually disguised oh. as one as a female ninja and so we don't know it's orochimaru but it honestly looks a lot like him <laughs> but we don't know we don't quote unquote we don't know that yet and so it, it's revealed to us he gives sasuke a curse mark and then Sasuke gets some power from it. And that's like a taste of what the power Orochimaru can give him. Right. And so basically, yeah, he uses other bodies to pro- prolong um, his life, male or female. So he's been seen, mm. I mean, using a male body to prolong his life. Um, ideally, what he wants to do is use Sasuke's body because mm. he's super powerful. Right. Mm-hmm. And so a good vessel means like, even better for the host and mm-hmm. he's also been seen using a female host a female body and even somebody else in a filler in Shippuden her name is Gurden was so obsessed with Orochimaru that she willingly wanted to be his host his next mm. host uh, the next body so physically no matter what happens, like his skin flakes off and you could see it's really Orochimaru or like it's Orochimaru's face on the outside. And sometimes if like the the vessel is kind of the times coming up, you can kind of see Orochimaru on the outside and some of the original person on the inside. It's so unclear. And also this dude's always transforming into a snake or snakes coming out of his throat or snakes coming out of his arms. It's just snakes. He's coming out mm-hmm. of snakes. He's mm-hmm. coming out of his own mouth. Like <laughs> he's coming out. Oh, period. And it's just there's just so much transforming that uh-huh. you you never really understand the physical body of Orochimaru that he's more known as the entity of himself. Like mm. people just know it's Orochimaru. Also some people can um know who another person is based on their chakra and so mm-hmm. like what's on the inside so like they know it's Orochimaru like and it's it's also kind of like his personality traits and like who he is as a person that people know him by mm. and uh so it doesn't really physically doesn't matter what they are but they're still known as Orochimaru yeah 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 also the I snake really... the snake part sorry the snake part uh their true form is actually a huge white snake that's like 
they're actually true forms. So lots of tongue flicks and licks. Lots of lots of tongue things going on. I was always really confused as a kid. Like so much tongue going on. He's, he literally takes yeah. he takes a scroll with his tongue and shoves it down his throat. And I was like, damn, what what are we getting this into? Is a lot. What are we getting? Uh, I don't know if that's relevant, but there's just a lot of licking going on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, also there's no indication of him. I mean, like, say he's a part of the legendary Sanin. So yeah, like Jiraiya has an attraction to Sonade. Sonade has an attraction to this other guy. And however, Orochimaru is never seen as having any indication of attraction to anybody. Um, he's mm. just very attracted to power, uh, to knowledge. Uh, <laughs> gets hard for knowledge. I don't know. Uh, ooh. <laughs> ooh. And even though there is a ship of him with Sasuke, like, he really just wanted his body. I don't think he actually sexually or romantically wanted Sasuke. He's just so focused. So maybe he was also asexual. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much for going into that. And, like, I was definitely mulling a lot of things over as you were speaking. And one thing that kind of came to mind is, you know, This understanding by the other character is that, like, even though Orochimaru may look like a woman on the outside or look like a man on the outside, they, like, on the inside, everyone understands that it's Orochimaru. Yeah. And when when you were planning for this episode, I'm just like, oh, my God, that's actually kind of a good analogy to explain the difference between, like, gender presentation and gender identity you know because like gender presentation exists on a spectrum because like some people can uh, present more like based on the clothes that they wear based on how they cut their hair like whether or not they put on makeup things like that they can their presentation their outward appearance can reflect something on the masculine side the feminine side in between anywhere in between and also outside of that right you know like gender presentation and expression is like that and then on but on the inside there's this understanding of like you know who you are Mm. so Orochimaru is still Orochimaru no matter if he looks like a woman Mm -hmm. or like looks like something else you know he he knows that um like everyone has that understanding like he's still Orochimaru yeah and kind of going into that going further um it also kind of I mean content warning transphobia it it kind of reminded me of a lot of harmful stereotypes that surround the transgender community because Orochi, like as, as a non-viewer of the show, again, from what you were saying, it sounded like Orochimaru's identity and how it exists in between inside and outside the gender binary is villainized mm. because one, he's a villain in the show, but also the fact that he's used his gender presentation to deceive people and manipulate right. people. Right. Yeah. Holy yeah, shit. And like, yeah. And like in this universe, the way that shows up is in transphobia, like a lot of violence against trans people, specifically trans women of color happens because people, typically men, like cis men, will feel cheated and deceived by someone who is not an, quote unquote, not an authentic woman. Mm. Um and that can perpetuate violence and that could also that whole idea that they were being deceived or somehow they're villainous for essentially putting up a front that kind of sounds it sounds like Orochimaru's character it's possible that that could be perpetuating a harmful stereotype Mm -hmm. because it's like um correct me if I'm wrong 
some folks acknowledge Orochimaru as not male, like in the fandom, just te- just typically, like, right? Like, yeah, do, do actually, you feel like there's this acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's like this. Okay, so there's also t- times I'm I was thinking this as you were talking just now uh, that I mean, well, one Orochimaru has long hair and he does wear it down basically all the time uh aside from his combat gear so aside from when he was a ninja the leaf village uh and his big old purple <laughs> rope around his thing mm-hmm. that outfit um in other cutscenes or like other flashback scenes a lot of the times he's wearing a kimono uh in a in a feminine way with feminine colors uh and is a, not is per se timid but he's been described as beautiful and like elegant and obviously these pro uh, not pronouns uh these adjectives tend to be more geared towards females and mm. even the way he's drawn he has like higher cheekbones very slim like slim face like uh though he does have a deep voice not as deep as some others but it it's still indicative of what would be perceived as a male voice, you know? But other than that, like, it's kind of like Haku where, yeah, wore their their hair down, um, wore, like, kimonos in a feminine way, um, and yet they were also perceived as strong threats. They were, their abilities were impeccably strong because Haku also had a Kekei Genkai, which is, like, rare, right? But they had, honestly, yeah, they 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 do remind me of like like transgender, <laughs> like or not even like transgender, but like just not acclimating to the norm. But both of them were portrayed as villains, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I mean, one of them actually, huge spoiler alert if you don't want to know, they both die. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, or at least Orochimaru, like everyone thinks he's dead, and then later on we're like. Oh, guess not. But I feel like he's died like multiple times. Honestly, mm-hmm. I kind of feel bad for him because, <laughs> like, yeah, I guess yeah, he was doing some pretty bad stuff. But it's really interesting when you find out kind of what the Leaf Village was doing because in the beginning you're like, yeah, Orochimaru is bad because he's doing bad stuff. But then you find out the Leaf Village was doing bad stuff that kind of made these people that are doing bad stuff to the Leaf Village was out of vengeance, you know, because mm-hmm, of the bad mm-hmm. stuff the Leaf Village was doing to them systemically. So it's just mm-hmm. like, huh, I see a pattern here. And then, honestly, as a viewer, like, if you kind of take more of a step back um, from immersion in the series, Orochimaru, like I said, is honestly just more obsessed with knowledge than actually hurting anyone. He's kind of more like chaotic neutral, where, like, he just wants to get what he wants, and it, it doesn't really matter like even when it came to the ninja war he was like i don't really care who wins like i just want to see what happens yeah yeah so it's just like oh like i didn't really feel Mm -hmm. like he was a villain towards the end like i didn't feel that at all you know but in the beginning it was just very perceived that he was a villain where but in in reality he was just trying to like protect what he wanted to do same with haku he just wanted to protect who he wanted to protect, you know, but he had to do certain things in order to protect that person. So there's so much subjective right and wrong, you know, right. However, in the perception of the leaf village, which is where Naruto stands, 
all that was evil. Though the anime does do a good job at challenging that sometimes. But it does suck that a lot of the times the people that are misunderstood in the anime as villains are these types of characters. The ones that are very much more gender fluid. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And thanks so much for, like, sharing that insight and everything, too. Um, yeah, I, and I, I kind of wanted to – before we kind of going on to our next section, um, I, I did want to ask something because a lot of this episode was about kind of picking apart and challenging a lot of the, like, gender norms and stuff that were perpetuated in Naruto, uh, unpacking, like, queer identity in Naruto and, like, how that manifests and how that manifests in fandom. Um, it, it kind of sat like from I don't want it to be like, oh, well, they're just hyper criticizing it or they're just like picking it apart. And I know you love this anime so much. So I kind of before we kind of rounded things off, I wanted to ask you, like, why do you love Naruto so like so much? Like, what do you love about it? Oh, man, it, it gives me uh, butterflies in every part of my body. <laughs> like, OK, so the reason why I love Naruto um hmm. it's just literally so much the the character development is actually so mature i would say the way they wrote it because it's it's it can be easy to like develop characters be like all right well at one time they were weak and now they're strong you know like that there is so much there's like i said the anime does a great job also um with like moral debates between good and evil and a lot of that is displayed through naruto um where a lot of people are like uh no they're evil just kill them and he's like no just can i just talk to him and see what's going on and then literally one of the the enemies he pain naruto's fight with pain so good he literally is op and like beats all of like the the clones or whatever and then at the end like he's he goes to find the real pain which is he's like controlling all these other bodies far away, right? He goes sees this other pain and he's like, I just want to talk. And I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> I've never seen this. Like this dude just, he's like the, the girl that's like protecting the guy. She's like, I'm gonna find him. And he's like, no, no, no. Like, let him talk. I want to hear because, and they literally talk through their feelings. What? What? Both males. But yeah, in a shonen, in a shonen, and they <laughs> resolved it through talking, and I was like, "Yo, I don't know." I just, it's like so wholesome. In it has so many themes. I mean, friendship, a bit to a to a corny point, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but also, there's just so much like inspiration, like the theme of the underdog and um, that development into basically becoming their ideal self you know what i love is how they tie it all together we find out about ancestors ancestry and like the origin of what chakra is and all this shit the origin of how i love when people like world build so that like being Mm -hmm. like so in shippuden seeing all of my childhood be explained like because naruto was like my childhood and then i only watched shippuden recently and so being able to see all of that explained gave me so much like satisfaction and Mm. um it was just really cool to see what it all really meant because there's actually such a bigger picture that it blew my mind and I just love Mm. things that do that to me and what's great is that these characters are characters I that were like so beloved to me like as a kid 
So like mm-hmm. to see that come to fruition or see certain things come to fruition, like it was just I feel like it the main point for me was like nostalgia because Naruto for me as a kid was honestly something was was an anime or like the basically media that really pushed me to be me as yeah. a kid because Naruto was like I don't care I'm gonna be me and I'm gonna be Hokage and I was mm-hmm. like me too wait okay you're gonna okay one I want to acknowledge that that was super powerful thank you so much for sharing that but like literally that last part I just imagined like that line from the Big Sean song Sasuke is just like she said what you gonna she do if I leave, leave. And then Naruto was like, like, bitch, I'ma do me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's literally, wow. That's literally what happened because Sasuke left. And then Naruto's like, I'ma work on myself for the next three years. Wow. <laughs> wow. And then Shippuden started. Wow. This is the conspiracy, the prequel to Shippuden is it's actually, actually Big, Bang Big Bang by YG. Bang. And- <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Noelle, for providing that. And like, honestly, your passion for Naruto, y'all, I'm speaking this into existence. I'm going to watch it because (gasps) I'm going to watch Naruto. Oh, my God. Because I've seen how like you light up when you talk about it and how much there is to unpack. So like, I definitely want to watch it now. So thank you for that, Noelle. Yes. Cool. So let's go to our next segment. We're actually introducing a new segment called... Get wrecked! Hell yeah. <laughs> Ooh, we do that perfectly in sync. Wow. We love. Yeah, so where in this segment, we wanted to uh, essentially make this podcast as interactive as possible. So we want to hear from you what recommendations you have for your favorite media that you are currently like binging or watching or consuming right now. Um, yeah, so we wanted to definitely make this more interactive. We want to hear from you. We want to build a community as much as possible. And plus, a really common thing that happens in fandom is like, oh my god, like, what are you watching right now? Do you have any recs? <gasps> so we're going to yes. give them to you. Yeah. So, yeah, Noelle, do you want to start? I will start. Okay, so I actually recently watched this, but one of my fave um, LGBTQ, like, animes is called Given. Uh, it's super easy binge, 12 episodes. It's based around music, so like a band. I will give a, a synopsis with no spoilers. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so a student sees that uh, his peer plays guitar and wants to learn how to play guitar, so approaches him at school and asks if he could teach him how to play guitar. Finds out that that peer is actually a part of a band and is kind of a genius guitarist for their age. So, all in all, it's a love story between the two boys. And it is so great in the sense that I feel like a lot of the times gay relationships can be fetishized and uh, only be focused on the physical aspects of it. Since the physical aspects of a gay relationship is not a part of the norm for our society. So and no- normally people think, oh, with BL, like, oh, yeah, they're, they're going to have sex and stuff. <laughs> but this one's actually pretty wholesome in the sense that, like, we-, we see a lot of development in their relationship emotionally, like, without physically touching. And 
it's not queer baiting because there is <laughs> it's canon yeah. and um <laughs> What's great is that there's also themes of mental health. There's mm-hmm. it it's it actually gets really deep. And if you want to cry and be gay, no, I'm just kidding. You don't have to be gay to watch the anime. <laughs> but if you want to, if you, you want to, if you want to be Justine, cry and gay. No, I'm just kidding. Justine, it's you too, girl. <laughs> like, what? Excuse me. If you want to be us, <laughs> and if you want to be us. And anyway, but yeah, you don't have to be gay to watch it. But if 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 you're interested in in seeing a normalized gay relationship play out, I suggest it. And if you want to cry and listen to good music, <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, given, given, yes. I guess kind of like this is not a spoiler, but kind of like a content warning for our viewers too. You did say like it mentions mental health and stuff. Does it have a happy ending? I'd say yes. Yay! Okay, cool. Yeah. I just wanted to give that because on a lot of queer media, a lot of the protagonists, like, having their partner die is, like, a huge character development plot point type thing, you know? Why does death have to be a plot point? I know. I'm just like, why can't, like, queer people, you know, like, be alive and stuff? (laughs) Be alive and, you know, live and love and laugh. (laughs) Stop it. I knew you were going to say that. Oh my god. Okay. So yeah, like, my wreck is actually also an anime. So it's a kind of old anime, but I've been watching it again. And honestly, it's one of my favorites of all time. It's one that was popular at around like 2015. I don't know if you've seen it. It's called Death Parade. I have. It's so good. Death Parade is like one of my favorite anime of all time. And it's It's again, like, yes, kind of like, given it's a 12 episode super easy binge it can get dark and like psychological uh it that's an element of anime that i really gravitate towards mm. and i'm just going to give that rack if you haven't seen it it's a really great watch basically it uh talks about it centers around this like this essential purgatory mm-hmm. uh this place between reincarnation and the void where um p- two people who die simultaneously are sent when they die and they play a game to decide who gets reincarnated and whose soul goes to the void. It's a really interesting watch. I highly recommend it. If you haven't seen it. Yeah. Death parade. Watch it. Death parade. That wasn't a song from it, but I made one. Oh, also just putting this out there, the theme song to death parade. I mean, death parade sounds like a dark. It's so good. It's so good. I love it. It's an it. amazing theme song. It's one of the ones that I don't skip when I, I never watch skipped it. I never skipped yeah. Death Parade. It's so good. It's really good. Yeah. I would love to see, like, oh my God, we should totally do like a whacking freestyle to that song. You could totally do it. I can envision it. <laughs> also, yes. You, period. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, let's do it together. Zoom freestyle. That's our next episode. Oh, oh yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> But actually, um, that's a good segue, though. So our next episode, uh, we put this out on our social media, but our next episode is reimagining convention culture. So right now we're all in quarantine. Right now it's not safe to have large gatherings. So a lot of our favorite conventions have been canceled or postponed. And I kind of wanted and I was talking to Noelle about ways that we can use this time to kind of reimagine what we would like to see when we return to conventions so we are going we're asking you our listeners now and we're also going to put it putting this out on social media but what would y'all like to see how would you 
reimagine con- convention culture once it's safe to return. Um, one thing that I definitely want to see is more gender neutral bathrooms. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like also more accessible con like floors for the expo hall because it gets so crowded in there that I'm sure folks who have disabilities or folks who have who need to use a wheelchair or anything like that, right. or even folks who are like on crutches or anything, yeah. probably won't have an easy time navigating. Or those. even so, people that have like any type of not mental disability per se, but like are uncomfortable. Like what is it called when um they they don't like tight spaces? Oh, claustrophobia. Yeah, things like that. Like. Mm-hmm. Or like some people have a hard time breathing when they're around a lot of people too, like or yeah. people with anxiety. Definitely. Another thing we've talked about is as fan presenting people who cosplay, we've faced a lot of unfortunately like harassment. Uh, yeah, and like let's just if they're if we're gonna cancel anything, can we cancel that? But oh, yeah, period. Like, we want to hear. Yeah, so but we want to hear from you. So please DM us or uh, send us a message at Fandom Femmes on Facebook or on Instagram. And we would love to include your testimonies and ideas in our next episode. Yeah. Yeah, cool. And again, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I think we're kind of at the end of the episode. So Noelle, our superstar of the day. <laughs> our um, Hokage. Oh, <gasps> Oh my god, that was brilliant. Our Hokage. Because it has, it's perfect for you because it has ho and gay. It does. And I'm the leader of the village. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Bitch. Village, village hidden in the what? Village hidden in this wet yeah. ass pussy. <laughs> wait, wait, I have one. I have one. Village hidden in the shade. Village hidden in the shade. Village hidden in the closet. Bitch, <laughs> 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 you're gonna knock over your shit. <laughs> I'm dead. Lol. Okay. Yeah, if you wanna see what just happened, follow us on YouTube and yes. watch, watch the video. <laughs> Well, thank you all so much for listening, especially listening to me ramble about Naruto and Fangirl. But I hope you enjoyed our insights. If you have any ideas or any other insights you want to share with us, please check us out on our Instagram or our Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, at us at Fandom Femmes. Give us a good old DM, comment on a post. We'll get back to you. We got y'all. So, yes, thank you so much. This has been Noelle. And Justine. We are signing off. Be you, be free. And Gara, and Gara is, gay is gay for Rock, rock Lee. <laughs> that, took, that took a little bit, but we got there. We got there. We love it. That's about yo, bitches. Believe it.